The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Welcome to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you along with us today and my co-host Lou Costable still on assignment in uh, mainly in Arizona. I believe he's also uh, heading out to the uh, great state of Pennsylvania working on uh, many car videos for his popular YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou and Lou will be back in a couple of weeks and we'll be uh, talking uh, we're actually going to probably dedicate an entire episode to his adventures out there and we'll have plenty to talk about when uh, he gets back but for now hey you are stuck with me but uh, that's not such a bad place to be got uh, tons of stuff to talk about here today on the car guys report uh wanted to do a quick update on uh what i'm doing with some of my cars we always like to talk about uh, our personal vehicles our trials and tribulations with our cars collector cars etc and uh, the C4 Corvette that I have, the 1992, if uh, you've been listening to the program regularly, you know that I purchased that vehicle about two months ago. And I've uh, got a list of a uh, few things that I want to get taken care of on it. I've done the oil change and the air filter and just kind of basically check the car over, been driving it, uh, seeing what little quirks there might be. If you recall, I had that uh, episode where I ran out of gas because the uh, gas gauge and the computer was telling me that I had more gas in the tank than uh, apparently the car uh, needed to run on. So that's why I ran out of gas there, but uh, that was easily resolved. I uh, luckily have a uh, local uh, Corvette uh, service facility that is uh, dedicated to uh, classics and mainly Corvettes. So I've got about four things that I want to get done on the car that I can entrust to them. Uh, I want to get the brake fluid changed. That's something that I'm big on. I uh, want to get the uh, air conditioning recharged. And in 1992, they were still, that was kind of right on the cusp when a lot of car manufacturers are tra- uh, switching over from R12 uh, refrigerant to R134A. And uh, this car still has R12. And luckily, this facility still does R12 air conditioning service, which is very cool. And no pun intended, right? And um, so they're going to just uh, top up that. I think that's all the uh, air conditioning needs because it definitely does blow cold, but not cold enough. So they're going to do that. Um, there's also a problem with the uh, windows, the side windows on the car. If you're in the car and you've got the windows up, if you roll them down, power them down because they're power windows, they go down fine. But then when you put them back up, they kind of go up on an angle and they don't uh, uh, track properly into the uh, top of the uh, roof panel. But if you open the doors and put the window up while the doors are open and then close the door, the window's fine. And uh, they told me that is most likely uh, some sort of a track or guide piece that uh, is probably broken or misaligned or something. But it happens on both both doors, passenger and driver door. So I definitely want to get that taken care of because that's just one of those things that just bugs you. When you're driving, you can't put the window down because you know it's not going to go back up straight. So definitely do that. And then that steering column issue that we had talked about earlier uh, on an earlier episode of the Car Guys Report. Uh, C4 Corvettes uh, have a tendency for the steering column to develop a certain amount of play 
usually kind of a up and down play. And you don't feel it all the time. Uh, as Lou had uh, asked me on a previous episode, uh, how does it feel? Does it feel like, you know, you're kind of like going over a wave or something? That's exactly what it feels. If you hit a, uh, an undulation in the road at the uh, correct speed, uh, you'll feel the steering column just kind of go up and down slowly in your hands. And it's just a weird feeling. And it's because there's a, I know that there's like a bearing or a bushing where the uh, steering column attaches to the firewall. And then there's like a steering knuckle or some sort of piece in the middle of the steering column. And it's got some kind of pins in there. I don't know if they're roll pins or, or like pins that act like bearings or whatever, but I think that's where most of the wear occurs and it just loosens everything up. And another symptom of this, and I'm, I'm having this symptom on my car, is the high beam uh, switch. It's on the multifunction uh, stock with the cruise control and the windshield wiper controls. You have to pull the stock towards you to activate the high beams, and that isn't really working right now. It worked initially when I bought the car, but you really had to yank on it. It almost feels like you're just going to rip the thing out of the column. And I just checked it the other day, and it doesn't seem to be working at all right now. Apparently, GM uses some kind of uh, rods that uh, activate a switch somewhere farther down on the steering column. It sounds kind of a hokey way to do it, but uh, hopefully that will get resolved when the steering column gets taken apart. It's mainly a labor thing. It takes them like five hours. They got to drop the column and take it apart. And obviously they know what they're doing and they know how to do it. That's one of those things where you just have to pony up the money and, and get it done. So uh, the car is going in shortly and we will definitely give you an update on that when I get it back and see how everything turned out. Also wanted to uh, talk about, we always like to talk about on the Car Guys Report here, cars uh, that we have seen on the road or maybe parked in a parking lot, but not at a car show. Because obviously you go to a car show, you can see a lot of cool cars. I just always like seeing stuff in motion on the road, but I am going to deviate a little bit uh, from that uh, standard there. I was at a, uh, a car show uh, recently in a small uh, a small car show in central Illinois. And it was um, a car show that had a very uh, small show, but a good uh, selection of classics, hot rods, uh, several imports, motorcycles. There's a beautiful 1948 Indian there, which was just spectacular. And a lot of uh, tractors, too. A lot of the uh, small town uh, farming communities bring their tractors to the shows, car shows. And that's always enjoyable to see antique John Deere's or Farmalls or Massey Ferguson's or whatever. And uh, one of the things that was on display, and I was just incredibly captivated by this. If you ever watched the uh, show uh, on the History Channel, American Pickers, you know that Mike and Frank, one of the things that they tend to pick occasionally if they find one is what's called a uh, hit and miss motor. And what that is, it's an early uh, form of mechanization or automation on the farm, basically a single cylinder uh, engine that is used to uh, power any number of things in a stationary application. So you could have a water pump hooked up to it. You could have a saw hooked up to it, uh, maybe like some kind of thresher or hay baler. But it's something you would just like park in the field or in the barn and you fire the thing up and it's going to run, you know, all day or until it runs out of gas. And it's just a big labor saver. I've never really seen uh, or totally understood how the uh, hit and miss works. And it was demonstrated to me at this uh, car show. This thing had a patent date of 1899 on it. And I was talking to uh, the owner, and he wasn't quite sure how old it was, but he said it had to be around 1910. And it was uh, mounted on uh, its original uh, four-wheel cart or frame, if you will. And it's one uh, horizontal piston 
with a very long stroke, a really long uh, connecting rod. So it would be kicking out a lot of torque to, uh, and it's connected to a uh, short crankshaft. And on either side of the crankshaft, there's two large flywheels, each weigh about 200 pounds a piece. So it's turning 400 pounds. And once the thing gets going, that's what keeps the engine going because it's got gears and it's got a, a, a speed control on it. And it's got on the one side of the flywheel, it's got the uh, takeoff for the belt that you would be hooking up whatever you're going to be hooking up to. So it's an early form of a power takeoff that you would find on a tractor or sometimes on a, like Jeeps and off-road vehicles. They have PTOs on them as well. And it was just fascinating seeing this thing run. It's a total loss oiling system, which means that there's no crankcase. It just has a little uh, oiler cup that sits on top of the, uh, the cylinder, and it just drips oil in there occasionally. And as the unit operates, it just pushes the oil out on every power stroke. So it, that's what's called a total loss oiling system. A lot of early motorcycles had that too. And there's also just a very rudimentary cooling system on this uh, hit and miss. It had a, uh, just a water tank, probably held maybe five gallons of water, uh, that, sit, that was molded into the top of the, the crankcase, if you will, or where the cylinder would be. And then he said there was an, also another tank underneath, which I didn't really see. But it just doesn't circulate. It just kind of sits there to absorb the heat. But the cool thing is once this thing gets cranking, and the reason why it's called a hit and miss is because it doesn't fire on a regular basis. It'll fire once uh, loudly, uh, and then it develops enough of momentum through the uh, weight of the flywheels, 400 pounds spinning around, that it power continues to, to rotate and power whatever it's powering, but it's not going to fire again until the speed uh, drops to a certain level and it's controlled through uh, just all mechanical gears and, and some sort of speed regulator that when it starts to slow down, the engine fires again once and keeps going. So you just hear this kind of irregular banging or popping you know, every minute or two, and it's not a continual sound of an engine running. It's just, it just fascinated me because it was just the, a great example of uh, you know, mechanical ingenuity and a, and a very uh, early kind of uh, automation mechanization on the farm that saved you know, countless hours of backbreaking labor. So if you ever get a chance to see a hit and miss, you can see them at uh, fair, uh, county fairs and, and, and things like that, farm shows, tractor shows, and maybe a car show too, like I did. Definitely check it out if you can see it run too. Definitely uh, check that out because it's just a neat thing to see, and I really, really enjoyed seeing it, and I'm sure you would too. I'm Mark Vernon. We are uh, part of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. My co-host, Lou Costable, off for a couple more weeks while he videotapes more cars for My Car Story with Lou. But if you like what we're doing here on the Car Guys Report, and we certainly hope that you do like what we're doing, be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. It's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us on Twitter. That's at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, you can email us, too. We'd love to uh, get your uh, questions, your comments, your suggestions, or your accolades, too, as it were. Email us at carguysreport at hotmail.com. One thing I wanted to talk about is uh, something that, uh, if you're into cars, uh, like we are here on the Car Guys Report, and I'm sure you are because you wouldn't be listening to the Car Guys Report if you weren't into cars, is uh, something that is fairly ubiquitous in uh, many cars these days, and it is the ever-popular ZF 8-speed automatic transmission. 
It was introduced in 2008, and uh, the actual model is the 8HP. It's an 8-speed torque converter automatic transmission. So it's not uh, a dual-clutch automatic uh, or a CVT. It's a traditional uh, torque converter, but, of course, it's got all the modern amenities in it to make it shift very quickly. It doesn't shift as quickly as a PDK, but it shifts pretty darn darn close to that. And it's just a very popular uh, automatic transmission. You can find it in everything from an Aston Martin DBS to a Toyota Supra to the uh, Alfa Romeo Giulia, the uh, BMW N5, the uh, Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, the Rolls-Royce Phantom. I mean, it just goes everywhere in cars. It's been designed to, uh, obviously, some of the cars I just mentioned, uh, kick out a fair amount of torque in the uh, four to 500 pound foot range, and it can definitely handle that. And it just has become uh, almost just like the standard transmission in a whole bunch of different cars. And it's, it's pretty neat that, it, that they've had so much success with it in the past 11 years. In 2017, just a couple of years ago, they sold 3.5 million of these uh, ZF 8-speed automatics to the uh, car manufacturers. And uh, the reason why that everyone is kind of piling onto this thing, I guess, is because it has been... Uh, engineered to fulfill a lot of different roles in a single compact package. You can put it in trucks, you can put it in cars, luxury cars, whatever. You can also use it as a transaxle, uh, and that's how Aston Martin is using it, to uh, sit at the rear with the uh, differential back there or just uh, with a regular bell housing to sit right behind the engine up front. And it's just uh, something that you'll find in tons of uh, new cars. And it's obviously been uh, vetted very well. I don't think they've ever had any major issues with it. And since it's been in production for so long now, 11 years, it's definitely probably the best or one of the best automatic transmissions uh, available in modern cars. So just uh, keep that in mind if you are car shopping. If it has an 8-speed automatic in it, it's probably the uh, ZF8H. Regular listeners to the uh, program will know that uh, yours truly drives a uh, Porsche Cayenne. I have a uh, 2008 uh, Cayenne S, which has the uh, 4.8 liter naturally aspirated uh, V8 in it. And as uh, Porsche has expanded their SUV line, they've been making the Macan for a number of years now. They're still making the Cayenne, and they've recently reintroduced, I believe it would be considered the third generation Cayenne. And for 2020, Porsche is uh, getting ready to uh, debut what they're going to call the Cayenne Coupe. Uh, and it kind of looks like, as the some of the pundits from Road & Track are saying, it looks like a big Macan. Of course, Coupe is kind of a misnomer. A lot of the German manufacturers, mainly BMW and Mercedes-Benz, have been calling uh, several of their four-door sedans or even their four-door uh, SUVs Coupes. Uh, when they make them more uh, swoopy and, and a, a fairly sharp rake on the back to uh, give it a, a racier silhouette. So they're really not coupes in the sense that it's a two-door, but they're calling it a coupe just because it's kind of the thing to do these days. But you can look for the uh, 2020 Porsche Cayenne Coupe pretty soon. It uh, is not a bad-looking vehicle. It doesn't look uh, radically different to my eyes than a standard Cayenne. But it's going to have an active spoiler at the base of the rear window. It's going to have a panoramic uh, sunroof. 
And it's uh, going to have, you know, obviously, you know, all the performance that uh, people are used to with a Cayenne. It's going to have a standard 20-inch wheels, uh, Porsche Active Suspension Management, a uh, rear three-bench, uh, three-seat bench is standard, though buyers can option for a two-plus-two rear bucket layout, which is, I think, very cool if you can do that. Uh, it, you also sit a little lower in this vehicle, and they claim that the sloped uh, roof line at the rear will not impede on rear passenger headroom. So that is something to uh, consider if you're uh, considering this vehicle. It's going to have the turbocharged uh, Porsche V6 uh, cranking out uh, 335 horsepower and 332 pound-feet of torque. And then the Cayenne Coupe Turbo gets the, and this is my favorite engine, the 4-liter twin turbo v8 that's an amazing engine and i'm glad there's they're, they're uh, gonna put that into the top of the line there it's gonna crank out uh, 541 horsepower and a, a pavement curdling 567 pound feet of torque and what do you know it's gonna get a eight speed automatic hmm i wonder if that's the automatic we just talked about could be uh but it's gonna be a, a very uh performance oriented uh, vehicle the uh, cayenne uh coupe uh, turbo model will do a 0 to 60 in 3.7 seconds, top speed of 178 miles an hour. And, of course, you're wondering, okay, that sounds good. How much? Well, the Cayenne Coupe is going to hit showrooms actually this fall, uh, 2019, with an MSRP of 75.3 for the base model, 89850 for the S, and a uh, whopping hundred and thirty grand for the turbo. So uh, they're roughly five to $10,000 more than a standard Cayenne. So if you are interested in the uh, 2020 Porsche Cayenne Coupe or Coupe, uh, check it out. It's a neat looking vehicle. They may already have that on their website too. Uh, just for fun, every now and then I like to go to uh, the Porsche website and spec out a car because you can build them. And I always want to see how high I can get the price because everything on a Porsche costs extra. So it's kind of fun to do that. And they might have the they might have the coupe on there yet, or at least a coming soon kind of tease. A standard feature we like to do here on the Car Guys Report is a report on uh, cars that have either come up for sale recently online via websites like Hemmings or Bring a Trailer, or maybe a car that you might see at uh, one of the many, many, um, one of the many, uh, websites that uh, sell on consignment. But Bring a Trailer is kind of a standard that we like to uh, use here because they just always get a very interesting and, and eclectic uh, selection of cars. And usually I say uh, I'll report on a car that I feel was well bought, meaning the person purchasing the car at that auction made a good deal. But in this case, I'm going to put it as well sold, meaning the buyer or the seller uh, I think did very well. And this is a, a car that I would never, ever have dreamed that it would go for this amount of money, but apparently somebody really wanted it badly. A 1973 Pontiac Grand Safari station wagon. Yeah, the family, uh, classic family truckster, wood siding, uh, 27,000 miles, which is pretty impressive for a 73 an almost one-owner car, uh, basically, I think it was family-owned, so you can kind of call it one-owner. A big 455 V8 in it. Uh, you know, a decent-looking car. It's got the roof rack. Like I said, the wood siding. It's got the Rally 2 wheels on it. But it sold for an astonishing $36,000. And I just don't see how, even if you found one, let's say you could find one for maybe eight or nine grand in, you know, restorable condition, 
boy, you'd be hard-pressed to put that much more money into it. I mean, thirty-six grand is a lot of money for that car, and it looks good. It's probably not perfect. Um, so apparently somebody either wanted to relive their childhood or was just really hot on uh, that vehicle because they just wanted to uh, to buy it, and I don't think they'll ever get their money out of it at thirty-six k. But an interesting car. You just don't see them very often. It's one of those cars that, again, we've talked about here on the program, that people had them back in the day, and they just never thought they'd be worth anything. They never uh, hung on to them for, as a collector car, and now there's people that want them. So uh, 73 Pontiac Grand Safari uh, wagon well sold at Bring a Trailer for $36,000. I'm Mark Vernon. Uh, you are listening to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. If you like what we're doing here, then be sure to check out some of the other great programs on the Radio Misfits podcast network. You can uh, listen to Minutia Men from the Office of Often Worthless and uh, Trivial Information comes Minuteman. It's a OPI show by Dave Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern are consumers of the often used term worthless information, and each week they share their newest worthless information on their podcast called Minutia Men. Check it out. It's only on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. You can check it all out at Radio Misfits. Com. We'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury along with Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we're going to be joined by Arlington Bugler, Monica Benson. And Monica, what are you going to tell us? You're going to tell us about some of your experiences, weird experiences as a bugler there? I am. I'm going to tell you all about my secret life of bugling. There's a secret life. Secret life. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear about that. And Steve's going to tell us about his secret life. Of retirement? Uh, well, another thing. I don't <laughs> want to get into it right now. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. A Tony Lozano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Be sure to tune in to Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Our podcast highlights the best soccer league in the world. The English Premier League. We recap the previous week's games. And preview the upcoming games. I do it from an American point of view. And I do it as an authentic Brit, accent and all. That's authentic, right, Governor? Not exactly how I say it. <laughs> we also talk about the local soccer scene because Adam is the Illinois Youth Director of Coaching. If you love soccer. Football. Football. Tune in to Free Kicks. New episodes drop weekly. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. I'm Mark Vernon. You are listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for uh, taking us along for the ride. Certainly uh, glad to uh, have you on board for yet another uh, episode of the Car Guys Report. Not to sound like a broken record, I know I tend to kind of talk about some of the same things from time to time just because... Well, it's fun, right? And it's stuff that I know about. Uh, regular listeners to the program will know that uh, I have a uh, 2002 Aston Martin DB7 Vantage. Uh, that's the V12 with the six-speed manual. It's a Tremec T56. And that's the car that people seem to want. They want a v, uh, V12 with a six-speed uh, they don't want a PDK. They don't want a you know a regular automatic. Most of them are sold with the automatics, making the six speeds pretty rare. And back in in the day in 2002, other than the DB7 Vantage, uh, Aston Martin was also 
selling uh, the Vanquish, which was a higher-end uh, car at the time, and it has the uh, V12 in it, but they never made it as a six-speed car. They only sold them as automatics. But if you have a lot of money and you have uh, a lot of time, you can actually send a V12 Vanquish back to Aston Martin and have them convert it to a six-speed. Uh, and this price that I'm going to quote does not include the shipping to and from England, assuming the car would be in the U.S. If you were to ship it to and from England, you'd be spending at least $2,000 round trip, if not more. And the factory will do the conversion. It costs $40,000. Uh, there was recently a 2002 uh, Vanquish for sale that had the conversion done. It was done in 2007. There's a lot of things they have to do. The conversion requires the installation of a new center console to accommodate the shifter and a reworked dashboard to delete the gear selector buttons that were positioned alongside the engine start button. Of course, it looks like it was built like that from the factory because Aston Martin is doing the conversions. But the uh, 2002 Vanquish with a factory converted six-speed manual was selling for $93,000. Now, this is something to think about. Would you rather spend $93,000 on a V12 six-speed converted Vanquish with 28,000 miles on it for ninety-three grand, or just find a DB7 Vantage like mine? You get the six-speed, if you can find one. You get the six-speed that was done at the factory. You get the V12. You get a, still, a, I think, even a slightly more gorgeous body. And you can pick up uh, the DB7s for 40000 not even, thirty five if you're lucky. So uh, would you rather have something like I have or have this converted car and say, well, this is a really rare car, but it costs $93,000. You could save fifty grand if you buy the DB7. So just something to think about if you are in the market for uh, an Aston Martin. Uh, I've owned mine now for four years, and it's been a pretty fulfilling experience, so... I would definitely recommend that they are bargains out there right now. Uh, at least the DB7s, you can get them as low as 30000 with an automatic or even less. I've seen them go in the mid-20s, too, and higher uh, in price depending on how many miles, what kind of options and things are, are on them. But thirty-five to forty is uh, actually a pretty solid price these days for those cars, but you can get them cheaper. So something to think about. In a recent episode of the Car Guys Report, we talked about uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, introducing the uh, world's most powerful uh, two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine cranking out uh, upwards of actually a little over 400 horsepower. And it's going to go into the 2020 Mercedes-AMG CLA 45 the uh, CLA class is kind of their entry-level class, at least here in the States. It's um, at least a number of years ago, they were starting around 29000 but uh, I don't think it's that low anymore. But I know the AMG versions with the hot engine, you get them fully optioned and they creep up sixty-five to close to $70,000. But that's the car that that uh, super engine is uh, going to be going into and in its standard form, it's still about uh, 385 horsepower, but to get the sport version, it kicks it up to uh, 400,000, uh, or four, 400,000, no, 400 horsepower. But uh, definitely a cool car and a nice, compact, tidy uh, four-door sedan from Mercedes. I haven't really seen too many of the AMG versions of the CLA uh, sedans on the roads over the years because people just have to justify the price for the size of the car. 
but um, they're definitely out there and uh, people uh, are buying them. But with that super engine, it's going to be even cooler. And of course, not to sound like a broken record again, man, this Vernon guy just talks about Mercedes and Aston Martins all day long. Well, maybe I do and maybe I don't, but today I am because I like Mercedes-Benz, so there. If you like what we're doing here on the Car Guys Report, uh, please uh, make sure you uh, take some time to uh, subscribe to the podcast and also take a few minutes to uh, give us a rating on the uh, different platforms. We'd love to uh, get your positive uh, ratings. We've got several five-star reviews already, and we certainly appreciate that, and we'd like to uh, get even more, too, because it helps us And it helps you because it helps us bring you an even better product as the uh, podcast continues. You can uh, get the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive on Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn Radio. Just uh, search for Radio Misfits. You can also go straight to the Radio Misfits website. That is radiomisfits.com. And when you subscribe to the podcast, you will get an automatic notification every time there's a new episode up. And that way you will always uh, be sure to not miss what we're doing here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Certainly enjoy uh, doing this for you. And I certainly hope that uh, you're having a good time listening to it. And please uh, subscribe and uh, take a few moments to give us a rating as well. I'm Mark Vernon. Uh, Lou Costable, my uh, co-host, is uh, off in Arizona videotaping uh, more cars for his uh, popular YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou. He's hoping to get about 75 cars at least taped. And when he comes back in a couple weeks, we're going to be dedicating an entire show to uh, what we've been doing the last few weeks when we haven't seen each other. And he'll have plenty of uh, stories. I talked to Lou uh, last week, and he was already... uh, Uh, talking about some of the stuff that he's been up to, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But if you have not yet checked out his YouTube channel, it's called My Car Story with Lou. 56,000 followers on that YouTube channel, over 1,300 videos on there. So it's definitely worth uh, a visit, and uh, definitely check it out. And Lou will have plenty to talk about when he gets back as far as what is coming up on My Car Story with Lou. And speaking of what's coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we'll have yet another special guest. We had a special guest a few episodes ago talking about 1958 Buicks, and we'll have another special guest. We're going to touch on uh, several topics, including uh, car detailing, and we'll also talk about the tale of the dragon. So it'll be a great episode. Be sure to uh, listen to that one when it's... uh, out and about and that is uh, coming up on the next episode of the car guys report i'm mark vernon for the car guys report informed automotive special thanks to executive producer tony lasano with opishows.com opi is hippo spelled backwards o-p-p-i-h shows.com it's distributed by ed silha with radio misfits great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radio misfits The proceeding was a presentation of Opi Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, this is Tony Lozano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. 
We feature some of the coolest guests like Ryan Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. <laughs> Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's a special guest talking about the road that car guys dream about, the tale of the dragon, plus tips on automotive detailing. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and my special guest for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>